everyone, and welcome to Shop Talk, the real estate show. I'm Ian St. Clair, and joining me on this episode is Otto Katrina. Otto is a broker with Katrina Real Estate and the president-elect of the California Association of Realtors. He is also the past president of Bay East Association of Realtors. On today's episode, Otto discusses why real estate professionals should get involved with an association. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. Ian, thank you very much. It's a pleasure. Thank you. What is a real estate association? Let's get that one right out of the way. All right. Well, I tell you what, let me, let me break it down. Come from, um, we'll work from the bottom up. In California, we have approximately 100 local associations that range anywhere from, I think the smallest association we have is around 34 up to our largest association, which I think is in excess of about 13,000 members. So each one of those associations would have either um, a CEO and, or what we call an association executive on the staff side. And then on the volunteer side, uh, they would have a a president, president president-elect and generally a treasurer. Uh, And then we go up to the state level at the California Association of Realtors. We have uh, over 200,000 members throughout the state, which consist of these 100 members or these 100 associations. And at the state level, we have officers, as you alluded to earlier, myself is president-elect for 2021. Uh, Dave Walsh is our current 2021 president. And then Jennifer Brancini is our treasurer. And Jennifer is serving in her second year. So on the volunteer side, uh, we have a little over 800, maybe 850 uh, state directors that are a volunteer. And those are the uh, individuals that serve on the committees as chairs, vice chairs and members. Um, And then we go to the national level, the National Association of Realtors. And we have, uh, we're approaching, I think, in between 1.4 and 1.5 million members. Wow. So we are the largest trade association in the United States, I think, in the world. And so those consist of state associations and local associations throughout the whole United States. That's incredible. So so you'll hear the term realtor uh, and some people improperly uh, pronounce it realtor. Um, Realtors, we adhere to a set of standards, uh, to gold standards, and we have metrics that we have to adhere by as opposed to like in California, we have a little over 200,000 members, and I think like 450,000 total licensees. The other half are not members of our association, which would be considered real estate agents. Why is it so important for real estate professionals to get involved with an association? Well, you know, I, I get uh, uh, get that asked often. Um, the, the biggest thing is just the education that you learn. I mean, when you're when you're I'm a I'm a single proprietor, so um, you have to self-educate yourself. You know, some larger brokerages have meetings, weekly meetings and uh, educational. But getting informed on legislation, we're one of the strongest advocacy groups um, for private property rights in California. So we do a lot of lobbying with our local communities, with our local city councils and mayors and, and county supervisors. And at the state level, we're very, very influential and uh, very much involved. So um, when I'm meeting with my clients and the clients, you know, you, you 
not that I make that the topic of our discussion. I mean, my, my ultimate goal is to get the listing and, and try to reach, meet my clients' objectives and, and, and make them happy, um, which we, we've got a, a great, excellent track record. But also just letting them know what we do and, and fighting on behalf of home ownership in trying to uh, uh, protect the homeowners from excessive taxes and, and from um, uh, private property rights, the taking of property. So uh, that, that's one area it's involved. The education component of the forms, our, our forms are constantly changing. You know, what started, you know, back in the, in the 70s, 80s with one or two pages is now, I don't even know how many pages we have. Now we gotta be approaching, if you have local addenda uh, with the local associations, it could be close to a hundred pages. Wow. So those are disclosures that we have to sit down with our client and go over everything from, um, uh, God, from just basic, does, does your stove work? Does your heater work? If you had a water problem to, do you have wildlife? Uh, do you have a dog living on a property? Do you have noise in the neighborhood? So uh, we have a whole, but just better educated and getting a big thing, getting involved with the local associations that I wouldn't be where I am today. And it was never my goal. You know, in, in 2008, somebody asked me or 2002, somebody asked me, said, why don't you come to a marketing meeting and marketing meetings where they're shoveling, you know, uh, flyers and, and people, Hey, I got a listing coming up over in, in, uh, in Castro Valley and I got a townhouse coming up. So it was kind of a networking you know, free breakfast, coffee, and, and everybody's willing and dealing. And it's a great opportunity to create relationships and relationships in this business is just paramount. I can't, you know, if, if I'm getting 10 offers, my ultimate goal is to get the best. I have fiduciary obligation to my seller to get the highest and best offer. But when it's an agent that you know, it is so much sweeter. It is so much sweeter. The reputation is there. Um, and you know they're going to get to the finish line. In terms of the networking and the education, I take it if someone's listening to this podcast that hasn't joined an association, that's the biggest reason why they should do it. Yeah, we, uh, you know, we, we've got lunches, we've got marketing meetings. Uh, we used to have, and now with COVID, we're just right now into the transition, going back into open houses and back into brokers open where, um we some some cities or some associations do it on Monday or Tuesday. Uh, in our area, it, it's Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, where the brokers go out and tour the properties, and it gives you another opportunity to meet people and again create those relationships and uh, grab a free sandwich too. <laughs> you mentioned COVID. Ed. How has that impacted what you do as a realtor in California? But how has it changed the industry over the last year? Yeah, a great, great question, Ian. Um, you know, I spent a year campaigning for this office in 2019 into 20 um, of March. And that's when we had just come back from our president's circle um, convention that we held in, in Miami. And then we had taken a, a, a few couples of us, had taken a trip over to uh, Turks Caicos for a couple of days, came back and I saw this paperwork you know, have you been exposed? And this is when it was just starting. And I, I, I saying to myself, I said, this, this looks like it's something seriously that, that, that's happening. And I came back and that's when it probably like two weeks later, I think it was March 16th or 17th. That's when California kind of shut down. 
And the real estate market just literally shut down. We couldn't show houses. We couldn't do open houses. Um, everything had to go to virtual, which was one benefit because we had been doing virtual videos. So um, those that were behind the eight ball had to catch up to that. But we were doing virtual staging instead of actually doing staging. Um, the protocol to get into a house, um, we had to go to what we call the CBS uh, code, which is a secondary code for the lockbox. Uh, we had to make sure that the the residence was sanitized each time somebody left the house. We had to have gloves. We had to have sanitizer, soap, um, registry, uh, time uh, appointments and everything. Um, so the door knocking, the flyers, uh, open houses, all that stuff went out the window. But the market literally in the market stopped for about about six weeks. And I and and uh, those of us that have been doing this for some time thought, wow, this uh, maybe this is time to uh, to check out, you know. And then um, after that, because now we're seeing our year over year sales from March and April of last year, which were dead, and and the increase year over year is just phenomenal. I mean, with the tight inventory, but the market just picked up and has just been gangbusters, just very, very fluid since uh, uh, May of last year. So yeah, COVID, uh, it, uh, they're, they're saying that COVID brought about five years of technology into about two months where we really had to take a look. Look at what we're doing right now. Yeah. I mean, uh, instead of doing a, an audio podcast, we're doing a video podcast. Um, I do, I just came off of two weeks of state Zoom meetings where we start at seven, eight o'clock in the morning and go until six. And if you're one of those fortunate ones that you're on a last Zoom meeting of the day and um, someone says, hey, and do you mind you staying on for a little bit after this meeting? And then there goes another meeting for another half hour, 45 minutes. So now you're in the seven o'clock at night. So we had two weeks of Zoom meetings with our uh, our state meetings and we found the engagement with with Zoom, I don't, and I don't want to get off track too much, but but what COVID is is, is um, really forced us to communicate has helped us with our communication level and efficiency as far as the associations go, because uh, a lot of associations are still closed right now. Our state association still is still on lockdown. A lot of local associations are still locked down, and some are starting gradually starting to open up. And there's different protocol with OSHA on opening up and how many people can be in the office and how close they can be and, and things of that nature. So um, it's really it changed. I, I know you hear uh, people say, well, when are we going to get back to the new normal or what's the or get back to normal? Um, it's it's interesting. I mean, it's, it, it really is interesting what we've been able to accomplish in this little bit over a year to where we are today. You mentioned the education and the networking. What do associations do for real estate professionals who join them aside from the networking and, and the education, which is is very important because anytime that I've talked with, with people from the industry, they say one of the most important things for people to do when they start out is find a mentor. So what do associations do for people aside from the networking and the education, which is, as you said, so important? Yeah. One, one thing that I'm, um, I'm happy to say is it, because of COVID, you know, we're going to denim to COVID is that um, I started a group last year in May of what we call our YPNs, our young professional networks, 30, 40 year old um, uh, brokers and agents that have been in the business. So I have about 12 
um, agents that we meet on a weekly basis. And um, it's a, um, a group of diverse uh, individuals and from all over California. And we talk and, and, and within this group are potential uh, future CAR presidents, which I'm, I'm real, real happy. They're, they're committed. They're not afraid to uh, poke the bear to say, you know, they're not yes people. And, and that's what we need with, with, with changing time. So we meet on a weekly basis and we talk about everything from the transaction to the new forms that are coming out, um, to the political scene, to uh, the internal wor workings of, of CAR or, or the local associations. Um, I hate to say it, but some of the unprofessionalism that exists within our, our association, and we're trying to, to clean that up, uh, especially now with COVID, some people that have been breaking uh, and not adhering to uh, protocol, which jeopardizes us all as, as far as our reputation goes. When we said no open houses, that meant no open houses, but we had some individuals that were getting creative as far as what they were doing to go ahead and expose the house. I mean, you didn't need to do an open house to sell a house. You're getting 10 to 15 offers, 20 offers on a house that are, you know, going anywhere from five to 50% over asking price. Uh, open house didn't help you in, any, in, in, in that, but uh, the education in this business, and I've been doing this for, for quite a few years, I'm constantly learning. You're constantly learning, um, especially now we've got a new forms on a state that's coming out at the end of the year. We're gonna start training statewide in, in end of July. But um, we have a special committee that that's all they do is uh, standard forms. It takes a look at what our forms are and updates them. So community involvement, you know, is a big thing. The associations, uh, I applaud when I was campaigning for this office, I, I would travel around the state and with the homeless situation that we do have in California, um, listening to some of our members, what they're doing at their local church, my, my church in, in Livermore, uh, California is uh, just built 28 tiny homes, a small community where they are taking uh, individuals, uh, single women with kids and, and families that have fallen on tough times and have certain rules and, that you have to adhere by, but ha helping them get shelter and counseling and uh, provide food and, and, and things of that nature. Uh, a beautiful lady realtor down in, in Santa Paula, California, outside of Ventura and Santa Barbara. Um, she feeds like 600 homeless people every other week. She was able to get um, an investor to buy a defunct uh, disco club down or a bar restaurant and converted it, had the, the Carpenters Union come in, donated their labor. The city, county came in with money and refurbished this building and like a warming center. And if you want homeless people wanted to come in to get counseling, they wanted to come in to get food, uh, to get some um, uh, like a target card for groceries or, or whatever it is. So those are the kind of things that I, that I applaud our realtors and it's, and we're involved in the schools, we're involved in bicycle giveaways. Um, the stuff that we do boys and girls club throughout uh, the United States, but the stuff that the realtors do, uh, philanthropy is just, it, it just, I, I love that. I mean, I really, and to see our members that have a servant heart that really, that they're doing it to give back to the realtors and give back to the community is something that uh, I'm really proud to say that the realtors are, they, we, we stand at the forefront of that. What can you get with your association membership? What can you get? Yeah. Well, um, 
you know, you get usage of the forms is probably one of our number one. If we go to the state level now, uh, if we go to the state level, you get free use of the forms and the forms are widely used in California with our uh, realtor associations and our E&O insurance backs us up on those. So if you use those forms, that's a huge thing. We have a legal department at the state level. So if I have a question, if I'm taking your contract and you're asking me a question on something in, uh, and I'm kind of uncertain is as realtors, even though we have to go through the contracts, we're not supposed to be practicing law or giving tax advice. So it's kind of a, a little oxymoron there. But if I have a question with you and you ask me, uh, you know, instead of me going out and hiring an attorney and, and spending, you know, four or 500 bucks on getting the answer, 1-800-CAR, I call up and I talk to, we have a staff of uh, phenomenal attorneys at our state level and it's a no cost for that. So just that alone, a couple phone calls a year. And I bet you I call with the amount of transactions we do and whatever, probably once a month to wow. talk to an attorney on, on, on a certain issue. Because the last thing I want to do is say something and I'm not, you know, not being accurate. I'd rather have, and it's all documented. They they document the address of the property. They, add, they document if there's another agent involved. But uh, those are probably two, two of the biggest uh, pluses that we get as far as, uh, as, as far as membership. And the big thing is, is political advocacy. Yeah. Um, we spend a lot of money in contributing. Uh, you see the, the sign back here, Realtor Party. We are the party of purple. Uh, we're, we're a membership that consists of, of Democrats, independents and Republicans. And uh, we love politicians. And if uh, I want to rephrase that, we we we, we are attracted to those those uh, legislators that advocate on our behalf. Once we can call and say the proposal that is going on or that is being uh, formulated right now is something that could either have a positive or could have an adverse effect to home ownership. And what we've been doing now is um, myself and a leadership team, along with our, our advocacy group, we just came off about two and a half months of meeting with our congressional members. Usually we go back to DC, we fly back and meet with our congressional members. And the big things that we're, we're talking about right now are, are some tax um, changes that potentially could come up, some 1031 exchanges, capital gains, stepped up basis. So we are, giving actual stories. We're not doing rhetoric. What we're doing is when we meet with our congressional members, we give them stories on how this benefits the economy or how this could have an adverse effect on the local economy. So those are things that the average membership does, is not aware of. The average homeowner is not aware of what we're doing, but that's, that's a big part of what we're doing at our local and at our state association. Absolutely. Once a listener does join an association, how can they get involved with one, whether it's serving on committees or even taking a leadership position? How would they go about doing that? Good question. Um, generally, there's an orientation class, and I've, I've strongly advocated for the associations that that's a great uh, breeding ground to get people that, that are interested. Generally, people that are um, getting involved in real estate, it's going to take them a few years to get, and I really caution them Um it's going to take you a few years to figure to figure it out. I mean, it's not about putting a for sale sign and, and you know, you only have so many aunts and you only have so many family members that you can go to for <laughs> listings and buyers. So you're going to have to get out of your comfort zone and go out there and groom and, and, and get a reputation. But um, part of this networking will help you out. Also, referrals are a big business of, of ours. 
Uh, I just closed on an escrow last week in Livermore and my client is moving to Colorado. That's the third person to Colorado this year. <laughs> so I get on the phone and I call my contact in, in uh, excuse me, not Colorado, in, in uh, Idaho, in Eagle, Idaho. So I uh, contacted her and now she's getting my client taken care of in, in Idaho. So the referral nice. business that we do is, uh, is a big, big uh, positive also. Speaking of leadership positions, you have firsthand experience with this. How can that help with a real estate career? Well, let me go back at it because I really didn't finish the, the first part, how people can get involved. Okay. If, if good leadership will, will, will find you. And I, I used to do a leadership with coffee where we would do every quarter, we would invite. And I told people when you're on the lookout, when you are at meetings and you hear people talking, either complaining or complimenting or whatever, you know, try to find those people that are involved in PTA involved with the chamber of commerce and try to get them involved with um, the association. And one thing that I tell people, or I suggest to people is don't put people into a position that is it like some positions are dry oatmeal. They're, they're not go for you. What your passion is. I mean, if I'm going to take you to a Buffalo bills game and I know you're a Denver Broncos fan, you know, you're going to have a good time, but you, you'd have a hell of a better time if you were going to a Broncos game, right, Ian? So, well, Bill's Mafia is pretty fun, but okay, yes. Okay. Um, we have fun with the Raiders. So well, we used to have fun with the Raiders. Now they're gone in, in, in Vegas. But um, I, I, I try to find out what the passion is. The people complaining about the politics in California, that's the ones I want to get on our policy committees and get them involved on the legislative, on the federal, on the home ownership. Uh, on land use, uh, fire insurance is a big thing in California. So when I when I see those members, like my colleagues up in uh, Tuolumne County in our what we call our Region Seven, we're having significant issues up there with fire insurance. So getting those people engaged with um, the insurance commissioner and our local and and state policymakers has has been rewarding. So. You've, you've got to, people don't just come knock on a door and I want to be a membership and I want to volunteer. People are kind of reserved about volunteering and you want to make sure you don't bury people. But if you get somebody involved in something for, uh, you know, a, an hour a month, you know, um, it can turn into something like what, what I'm doing right now, which is, I don't know how many hours a week or hours a day that I, that I put in, but it's, but it's rewarding. I do, I do it in a heartbeat again. Now to go back to that, how how has being in a leadership position helped your career and how does it help with a career in real estate? Well, one, one thing, it, it forces you to be um, not that I'm unprofessional, but I mean, you're under the microscope <laughs> at all times, you know. Um, so you, I've got to watch what comes out of here. People, you know, watch my actions. I, I do adhere to um, uh, our code of ethics, which is real stringent. Um, when, when I, and I, 95% of my business is all listings. I don't double end deals, I, which is, is legal in California, but I represent generally represent a seller and I generally represent probate and a trust family. So, uh, my conscience is real clear. I work for one person. Uh, I think the professionalism that we've, that, that I've gained in this business is, is just second to none. And I know a lot of professions have the good and they have bad, uh, we do have a couple of bad apples and, and we are working on trying to 
um, get those individuals either to the Department of Real Estate or within our own association as far as, uh, you know, enforcing um, the code of ethics with that. Um, you know, like I said, the, the, the meetings that we go to, the, what I've learned from other people, and I, I'd like to say I'm a smart guy, but I, I am always learning. I am always learning. If it's not technology, I'm learning. Uh, I'm, I'm not a script guy. I mean, if I was to meet you, Ian, you call me up and you want me to uh, come over, you're interviewing four uh, brokers to, to sell your house. I'm not going to put you in a corner. I'm not, I don't have a script written out. It's about relationships. I want you to yes. trust me and I want to trust you. And our, ultimately, our goal is to, to sell your house and to get you onto your next uh onto your next vision. And, and that's, that's what I do. But um, yeah. What's, what is some of the bad in real estate? You, you mentioned that you mentioned some of the bad apples. What, what is some of the bad in real estate? Um, I think we've got some greedy. There are some greed out there uh, like in any business um, yeah. that they have to have it all. I think integrity is, is a big deal where you call someone up and where they put a, uh, a property on the market. And again, it's, it's legal to, to do both sides of the transaction, but in some cases, um, people do do that, but um, they're they're not being accurate in their description in the MLS. You know, when they say yeah. that um, there won't be any preemptive offers, and they take a preemptive offer, and the preemptive offer is is their offer. Um, ultimately, the seller makes the final decision on it. Uh, my goal is to get the highest and the best price, the best terms for my client. Um, Back in the day, in the in in five, six, seven, and eight, when we had the Great Recession, there was a lot of mortgage fraud that was going on. Um, that that pretty well is gone away. Um, I mean, it's it's cleaned up. I think the biggest thing is, and I don't have a problem with an agent when I get in the transaction with it's a new agent. As a matter of fact, I, I was I, I was entertaining an offer from an agent uh, last month. And she's a newer agent, two years in the business. She's a buyer's agent, which is real tough in this market right now. Yeah. And, and, she's, and she started crying. And I, I just felt so bad for her. And I wanted to help her get the deal. I, I mean, I really wanted to help her get the deal. But and I had another offer that came in that was had, had better terms and stronger. And I tried to guide her on how to write the offer up. But her clients could only go to, um, you know, a, a certain a certain price point. Well, let's take a quick break. And after the break, we'll discuss how associations give back to the community, which you touched on with the homelessness. There are many good reasons to join a real estate association, just as there are countless benefits to learning online. With the CE Shops online courses, you can get your license or renew an existing license from the comfort of your home, on your time, and on any smartphone, tablet, or computer. Save 25% on your education right now with promo code SHOPTALK. All right, welcome back. How has being in an association helped your real estate career, Otto? Because you've talked about the networking, you've talked about the things that you've learned, you're constantly learning. As, as someone who has uh, been in, in newspapers myself and, and the way that it's gone completely digital, uh, I think real estate may be heading in that direction slowly, but you're constantly learning. How has it helped your career? And what would have happened had you not joined an association? 
I, I definitely, I can be clear that I, I would not be successful as I am today in, in this business. And I always say that I am successful because I surround myself with people that are smarter than myself. I have no problem at all. I have a team of people, my our escrow people. I have a, a business partner um, um, that owns his own company, Craig Rag, and Craig and I partner up together. Uh, there's no ego with us. We um, we take on and, and he's strong in the paperwork and I'm strong on on getting uh, making sure the inspections and the first greet and the meet and, and all that. Um, again, the education component is just when I'm meeting with my clients, I, uh, I, I'm not going to slam another agent. I mean, I could go up against somebody that that I know real well and I'm going to compliment. I'm going to say, you know, Jim is, is, is a great broker. He's using the same MLS that that we're using it's going to be about relationships we are going to have a relationship for about 60 to 90 days and you have to feel comfortable you have to feel trust and i have to feel comfortable and trust with you also um you know i, I i've been able to acquire real estate um and that that's helped out a lot too you know i've been able to partner up with people in different areas uh, i would have never been able to do that where i could go out to the central valley or i could go up to the sierras and partner up with some of my transactions. I probably do, you know, maybe 20, 25% of my business outside the area. So there, there's another opportunity. If I had never met these people, I wouldn't have been able to collaborate with them outside of the area. So, um, you know, bottom line is it's more, uh, you know, more dollars, you know, to pay my taxes and everything. But uh, um, it, it, I, I've been able to learn about different markets and, 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 and that's why one reason why I ran, I was encouraged to run for president elect or, you know, for the, for the state association. I didn't do it for the badge. Um, I didn't do it because I want to be president. I did it because I, I really want to make a change. And I feel that over the years, what I've learned and what I continue to keep on learning is an asset toward our membership and toward our association to be more functional and be more proficient. You've mentioned real relationships a couple of times now, and I, 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 I totally get how important that is. This is an important transaction in, in people's lives, whether it's buying or selling. Why are relationships so important and how, especially coming out of COVID, how can that help get that sense of normal back? And especially with a crazy market across the country where people are basically buying houses unseen because uh, there's just the, the market's not there. How do relationships help with that? If Ian, if, if I knew you and you were a fellow realtor in our, in our demographic and you were coming, I, I don't, I don't bend people over the, the chopping block when I'm negotiating, I'm stern in what my negotiating skills are. My ultimate goal, like I said before, is to get the, the highest and the best terms for my client. But if I know somebody coming in that uh, it's either their way or the highway, I don't I don't want to deal with them. I, I don't want to deal with them. I want to deal with somebody that uh, my client has given me uh, a, a parameters to work around. And if you're willing to do that, fine. If you're going to be a pain in the neck or I'd say a pain in the ass uh, up front, I don't want to have 60 or 30 to 60 days with you. So that's re reputation is consists of integrity, consists of character. Um, if I know that person is honest, if I know that person is competent, and even in times I've got in, in, in transaction with newer agents that might, and this is not a derogatory statement, but might not be proficient or, or uh, 
the level of competency might be lacking a little bit because maybe because of lack of training or because they're new, I'll work with you. I'll I'll work with you through the transaction. It's the one that's hard-headed that comes in that thinks that they know everything and they never return your phone calls and then they turn everything over. I don't want to deal with that. That's just one thing that uh, I I get a little little upset about that. (laughs) I, I would rather work with somebody that doesn't have the experience and kind of guide them through the transaction as opposed to somebody, like I said before, that, that knows everything. You mentioned helping out with the homeless and, and giving back to the community. How do associations give back to their communities and, and what are some of the ways that, that they do that aside from the, the things that you mentioned earlier in this podcast? Yeah. Well, I mean, we could, we could look at first time homebuyer programs, uh, education programs that we do. Uh, various uh, local municipalities throughout the state do have uh, assistance programs where they uh, might have a silent second or maybe, you know, contribute $15,000 toward closing costs. So um, we just did one at the state level where we gave, God, what did we have? A million, half a million dollars. And I think we blew it out in less than a week. So if, wow. you, if you bought, if you bought a new home, and you sent your closing statement and your first time home buyer, you could get a $500 uh, credit toward a washer and dryer or toward an appliance, I think it was. So you got a gift card, CAR, we gave you a gift card for $500. We blew through a half a million dollars in, in less than a week. Wow. So those are the kind of things at the state level that, that we did. Uh, the local level, like I said, with the homelessness situation, um, you know, there's so many different programs that are out there, everything from from socks to blankets to uh, tiny homes is a big deal right now. Uh, that's kind of the new thing that is happening throughout uh, taking a look at um, uh, at property and, and how big a property our state. I'll tell you what our what our state we have what we call a pathway project at, this, uh, at our corporate headquarters down on, on I think it's 525 Virgil, right in, in the midst of Koreatown in L.A. So we have an acre property, 56,000 square foot building that needs to be retrofitted or demolished. We just received final approval to construct 130 um, apartments and condos on a property with a 26,000 square foot office complex. So those are things that we are putting our money where our mouth is and we voted on it at the last board meeting to go ahead and take a final vote in October to move forward either to do a JV with it, to sell it. Um, we want to minimize our risk, so we don't want to take the project on ourselves, or do we sell the project off and go buy another building someplace else? So those are the kind of things that we're doing involved in a, in a we have a lot of grants from the National Association Realtor that, you know, I think they're 2,500 to $5,000. If you're doing a park and you need signage, you can apply for a grant from the National Association of Realtors and um, the, the state association. So we do have different programs like that that we help uh, contribute. Uh, but I, I can't emphasize enough our members on, on how uh, the philanthropy that they do is uh, we're involved in, in litigation. If we if uh, we get our members to donate uh, financial resources to help us when we're fighting a local municipality that doesn't want to build housing, you know, the NIMBYism that exists out in uh in society today is pretty strong. You know, Mrs. Brown, um, you know, she's frustrated that her son comes home from college, can't find a house to, uh, to buy, but will not allow 40 unit 
new housing down the street, you know, wants it built someplace else. So now her son's got to move to Arizona or move to Texas. What does the future hold for real estate associations? Oh, that, that's the thing that we're always trying to figure out. We, uh, we have what we call our strategic planning and we've got some of the brightest minds. We've got a lot of young minds, uh, staff, and uh, I, I get the opportunity to, to listen in and, um, and, and just listen to what, where we're going. We have a lot of disruption in our industry right now. There's a lot of technology that's coming in. The whole brokerage model is kind of evolving. You got iBuyer programs that are coming in. So um, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of disruption th that is going on right now. I think what you will see on the local level, uh, which was um, pretty evident prior to COVID was uh, some consolidation. Yeah. You know, taking a look and I've advocated to some associations where you have a, an association that might have a couple hundred, another one that's 150 and they're they butt up to each other. So uh, they've been around for a long time. You know, people have their identity. People have their, um, you know, then their name. You know, I don't want to change my name to Ian. I'm going to keep my name Otto. But, uh, you know, the blending of associations is something that I, I foresee that um, you, you have core standards that the associations have to meet. They have to hit certain community involvement, certain financials, auditing, things of that nature. So um, I think we'll see that. Um, so now we have a hundred associations. I don't know what the number is, but I, I do think that over the next couple of few years, we will see some consolidation going on, especially now with uh, some of the associations that are, that have been pretty efficient without, sending the employees to the office. So yep. I think that whole dynamics and even at the state level, we've taken a look at that too, going, you know, LA is really a bear to travel around traffic wise. So uh, maybe our staff down in, in LA, instead of going to work every day, they go to work two days a week and stay home and work the other three days. So those are kind of things that we're, that we're, we're talking about. Uh, we do a lot of research and reading on that. So uh, we're, we're looking on that, uh, you know, just evaluating that a little bit deeper. Um, but the associations will be around. Um, we haven't raised our dues in years. Um, we've, we're financially, we're very, very solid at the state level. So, and we intend to stay that way. Um, but that's, that, I, I think, I, I feel good for the associations that uh, existence, will, we will be around, but we will have some challenges out there and we just need to be proactive on how we respond to them. Last thing, if you could go back to the beginning of your career and change one thing, what would it be? Wow. Um, you know, I never... I went, to, when I got back and I used to be in a restaurant, I came out of a, a family restaurant, was very successful. Then I did corporate for a while. And then I found out I, I just, I can't handle corporate. Um, and corporate can't handle me. So I, uh, I went to work for a broker friend of mine that had a small brokerage, he had two other brokers in himself. And um, over a period of years, the, my first few years, I was very successful, did a lot of transactions. Uh, and I was recruited a lot by different companies um, and either to sell or to manage. And when I was in a restaurant business, that's what I did. I mean, I was a director of operations. So I oversaw, uh, you know, 30 restaurants with 800 plus employees and 100 plus supervisors. And and I, I 
the restaurant's different. I mean, rest, rest, restaurant is different. There's a lot more liability uh, on the forms and everything. But I, I don't know, Ian. I I I, uh, I love the Bay Area. I um, I wouldn't have. Maybe I would have gone to a higher price point, you know. But now <laughs> now the price points are are off the chart. Yeah. Um, I, I I like I said I. A predominant amount of my business now is either probate or estate work. Um, maybe start that a little bit earlier, but I, I, I've, I've been blessed. I don't have any regrets at all. I don't have regrets. I uh, I, I was interviewed a couple of weeks ago by uh, the alumni from University of San Francisco, where I graduated from, because they're starting a new real estate program there, and they've asked me to to join it. And uh, they asked me the same question. What would you have done different in school? You know, and I said, I would have paid attention a hell of a lot more than <laughs> what I did when I was going to school. Uh, no, as far as real estate goes, I have no regrets. I am grateful. I am grateful that I got involved on the volunteer level. And I continually I'm grateful for the younger generation that I get to work with today because they're going to be they're not going to be the future. They're the, they're the future right now. And we need to do a better job in training and educating them and giving them the reins, giving them the reins, give them one of the reins and let them start taking off and let them start making decisions. And if they make make a bad decision, that's fine. Let's go back and let's learn from our decisions. But um, my generation needs to let loose of the reins and um, do a better job of mentoring younger generation. That seems like a great place to end this episode. So Otto, I appreciate you taking the time to chat with me and, and letting listeners know why it's so important to get involved in an association and serving as kind of the role model of, of why it's important and how it can help your career. Yeah. And if anybody has any questions, Ian, or wants to chat, feel free to share my email address with them. I'd be more than happy to help them out. I will absolutely do that. Thanks, great. Otto. Great. Thanks a lot, Ian. You have a great day. You too. Take care. That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the chat, you can subscribe to us or leave a review on your podcast player of choice. Shop Talk is a production of the CE Shop. Shop Talk.